Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Space Face. I'm your host, Annika, and we're joined yet again by my co-host, Brad. Hello. Later, we'll ponder aliens, but let's first get on to some space news. On Monday, NASA postponed its Artemis 1 launch after issues emerged during countdown, delaying the debut of its towering rocket and its long-awaited mission to the moon. Whoa, another yeah. mission to the moon? Yeah. Why am I not on there? <laughs> Because this one is uncrewed, okay? Oh, interesting. Yeah, so basically Artemis 1 is an uncrewed mission just meant to orbit the moon for about six weeks, I think I it was. See. Yeah, so um, its predecessors will be crewed and um, like we'll have a crewed flyby and then Artemis 3 is set to actually land on the moon. Ah. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that's the one to get on. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, well, unfortunately, it didn't launch as prepared. Oh. Um, supposed to launch on Monday during a two-hour launch window that opened at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, but NASA was unable to resolve a temperature problem identified with one of the four liquid-fueled engines discovered with under two hours to go in the countdown. Oh. Yeah. That's rough. The engine temperature problem was a known risk, as the agency had not fully completed a fueling test known as a wet dress rehearsal, don't read into that too much, after four attempts this year. The agency also found a hydrogen leak in the engines and a crack in the thermal protection system material that safeguards the core of the rocket during the countdown on Monday, though these issues were resolved before the launch was called off for the day. I saw a, uh, a post on Reddit. Yeah. It was an r slash facepalm. It, it, it was a screenshot of a Twitter post. Oh, no. I don't know what it was in reply to, but it was in reply to uh, something. It says, um, this is why we don't want experts anymore. Just naysayers looking to extend their so-called research grants. <laughs> Just build a big spaceship and send it into space. It's not rocket science. Oh, my gosh. But wait a minute. What is rocket science? <laughs> <laughs> seeing all these memes about launching uh, um, engineers being like, oh, I have a rocket due at 5 p.m. or something <laughs> like that. And I have friends who are on the ANU um, rocketry, uh, in ANU rocketry, who actually have to build rockets. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's real rocket science. Yes. <laughs> Did you know that the last time we went to the moon was December of 1972? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, though Artemis' mission is not the first time that Americans have attempted to return to the moon, because in 2005, George W. Bush established the Constellation Program with the aim of returning humans to the moon by 2020. However, this was cancelled by then-President Barack Obama in 2010, citing cost and timeline overruns. I see. This is fair. Uh, Artemis has also run billions over in terms of uh, budget. Yeah. Um, this is also not the first time that the launch date has been pushed back. It was originally scheduled for um, the 29th of August this year, but due oh, to geez. some weather delays, it didn't, um, uh, didn't get launched. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, weather affects uh, launching as well. It does. It does make sense. But actually, I lied. That was not the first uh, original launch date. The original launch date was actually in December of 2016. Oh, that's yep. a while ago. Yep, it's been delayed about, I think, at least 16 times. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, hope, hopefully, um, NASA has backup launch dates scheduled for September the second and September the fifth. But officials during a press conference on Monday afternoon couldn't say whether the engine issue will be fixed before either of those dates. Nah. So that's unfortunate. We'll see. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to black hole collisions. What? Hold on. Okay. Black hole. 
Wait, when two, I'm guessing, when two yeah. black holes collide and they make either a supermassive black hole or <laughs> they eat each other and turn into nothing. Sort of, yeah. Um, you're right, black hole collisions are when two black holes form, oh, uh, merge is, together. That is the most metal thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and when they do so, they release gravitational waves, which can help us study uh, study the black holes. Ah. So um, they can actually... Uh, we're looking at how black hole collisions can help us measure how fast the universe is expanding. Um, usually a black hole is where information goes to disappear. Yes. But scientists may have found a trick to use its last moments to tell us about the history of the universe. In a new study, two University of Chicago astrophysicists laid out a method for how to use pairs of colliding black holes to measure how fast our universe is expanding oh. and thus understand how the universe evolved what it's made of, and what's going on. In particular, scientists think the new technique, which they call a spectral siren, w may be able to tell us about the otherwise elusive teenage years of the universe. Oh. Yeah. Oh. A major ongoing scientific debate is, um, is having a look at how fast the universe is expanding. Uh, this number is called the Hubble constant. The different methods available so far yield slightly different answers, and scientists are eager to find alternative ways to measure this rate. Checking the accuracy of this number is especially important because it affects our understanding of fundamental questions like the age, history, and makeup of the universe. That's insane that the universe is actually continuing to expand. Yeah. Literally from nothing. Yeah, faster than the speed of light. That's just so insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> we had, actually, last week, we had an episode on black holes that most of you didn't get to listen to. We did, yes. Yes. <laughs> so if, if you heard half an hour of silence mm. at the, in this time slot, we are sorry. <laughs> But for those of you who listened very carefully, no. <laughs> it was we did upload it, and it was right under there. You could just hear it if you turned. No, that's a full lie. That's a full up. lie, Brad. Not enough. That's a full lie. So for those of you who could hear it, no. <laughs> please let us know, and we will know which of you are the most dedicated listeners listeners of War on Your Radio. Nope, that's not how it works. We'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> Technical okay, issues have been our <laughs> our best friend. Come on, yes and me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, where was I? Um, so, occasionally, two black holes will slam into each other, an event so powerful that it literally creates a ripple in space-time that travels across the universe. Here on Earth, the U.S. laser interferometer... Uh, the laser interferometer gravitational okay, it's a big wave... Word. The U.S. Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory, or LIGO, and the Italian Observatory, Virgo, can pick up those ripples, which are called gravitational waves. Over the past few years, LIGO and Virgo have collected the readings from almost 100 pairs of black holes colliding. The signal from each collision creates information about how massive the black holes were. But the signal um, has been traveling across space, and during that time, the universe has expanded which changes the properties of the signal. If scientists can figure out a way to measure how that signal changed, they can calculate the expansion rate of the universe. But the problem is calibration. How do they know how much it changed from the original? In the new paper, Holtz, and first author, um, Jose Maria Esquiaga, oh. uh, I looked up the pronunciation before, Esquiaga, suggested that they can use our newfound knowledge about the whole population of black holes as a calibration tool. For example, current evidence suggests that most of the detected black holes have between 5 and 40 times the mass of our sun, 
So we measure the masses of nearby black holes and understand their features, and then we look further away to see how much those further ones appear to have shifted. And this gives you a measure of the expansion of the universe. And if I remember correctly from a previous episode, mm. one solar mass is the mass of our sun. Yes, that's correct. Ah, I'm learning things. Yes, you are learning things. So um, most detected black holes have five to 40 times the mass of the sun. So yes, it can eat 40 of our suns before it's full. Before it's full. Uh, it's like a hungry baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the authors dub it the spectral siren method, a new approach to the standard siren method, which Hulse and collaborators have been pioneering. The name is a reference to the standard candle methods used in astronomy, stars as using um, stars as references due to their known luminosity. Mm. These are called Cephet variable stars. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Okay. The scientists are excited because in the future, LIGO's capabilities expand and the method may produce, provide a unique window into the teenage years of the universe, which is about 10 billion years ago. Jeez. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> well, the universe is about 13.8 billion years old, so. Oh, my word. <laughs> I guess the teenage years are about 10 billion years ago. You know what's kind of crazy? Yeah. We can't figure out what happened before the universe started. No, we cannot, because time didn't really exist. Yes. That's insane that literally our universe came from absolutely nothing. Yes. That's seriously insane. Well, we're still trying to figure that out. That's just blowing my mind. <laughs> I've given it actual, I have some actual thought right now, <laughs> and it's seriously blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Now the fun part, which I had been planning this morning, and um, I messaged Brad, and I was very excited. Okay, I'll read you the message. Yeah. <laughs> if I can scroll past it. Hold on. One sec. What did it say? Uh-huh. It said, uh, quick, filler, before, while I'm reading, while I'm scrolling, filler, uh, quick. How's filler. everyone going today? Uh, um, uh, the weather's quite nice. It's also the last um, day oh, of true. winter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Yep. Hee hee. I, I have something fun planned. Fun for me. <laughs> so, yes. Well, it requires to Brad to use his descriptive skills. No. But let, let's get into it. Okay. Today we're talking about aliens. And UFO sightings. Yes. Brad, do you believe in aliens? Yes. I believe there are, there are, there are aliens out there. Mm -hmm. I actually watched a video before coming here yeah. on UFO sightings. Uh -huh. There's a project um, in, in... Okay, I may be getting things wrong because my short-term memory is not very good. <laughs> Uh, in 1947, uh -huh. the U.S. Air Force had a project called um, Project Sign, mm -hmm. and it was about uh, it was about looking at debris they'd collected, and uh, you know trying to figure out where it came from. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of it was um, was uh, was assumed to be like Russian aircraft that had not known about that have kind of you know spied on them from upstairs. <laughs> uh -huh. But some of it had technology that was beyond their capabilities. Interesting. And when they, gave, when they gave this report into the Pentagon, they were like, nah, you're wrong. This is just stuff that we just don't know about yet. This is, this is probably a weather balloon. So they launched another project called uh, Project Blue Book, which essentially explained in quotation marks what these uh what these anomalies were mm -hmm. and they became uh 
they became what we call the unknowns. And there is one particular case where um, a group a group of, I think, meteorologists were releasing a weather balloon mm-hmm. and they spotted like an elliptical object that was emitting a really bright light that was uh, increasing in speed really quite quickly, but it was also really silent. And then all of a sudden it just stops and hovers in midair for a second. And then after the balloon is released, it disappears. It's <laughs> creepy. So yeah. UFO sightings are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, I was ta- I was talking to I was talking to my partner Lily about this, and she was saying that it could be uh, it could just be like you know drones or probably you know just like reflections, but like what are they reflecting off? You know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. That's I mean, my that's that's my input into this conversation. Thank your you, turn. Brad. Thank <laughs> you for your input. <laughs> well. Um, I was doing some research before this, and I found out about a Harvard astrophysicist called Avi Loeb, who insists that we've been visited by aliens before. In late 2017, astronomers all over the world marveled at a strange object said to be an enigmatic interstellar visitor. Interesting. Mm. What, what color was it? Was it white? Probably. Was it elliptical? I'm not. Actually, it was. Did it um, have four? Was it? Did it have like four little legs? I don't think so. <laughs> because there is another case that I saw. Uh, I saw it was this Mexican dude who w- it was. Uh, I think he was. I think he was from the army. Oh yeah. But he was driving. He was driving past. Uh, he drove past this elliptical object, mm. um, with like two. Th- 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 and he saw like two men that were standing outside of it, and right. they looked back at him, and then all, and then and then and then he turned around because he was scared, and then they kind of and, and then all of a sudden they disappeared. Sometimes I wonder how much how many drugs everybody is on, just in yeah. general. Yeah, that was another thing I was thinking about. Maybe they were mm. just all high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they got carbon monoxide poisoning or something. Yes. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this object was dubbed Oumuamua. Is, is, is that a... Uh, oh, I was going to say acrostic poem, but that's not the thing. No, what? Hold on. <laughs> what is the, I forgot the word. It's the thing you where... You mean an acronym. Acronym, that's the no, one. No, it's not an acronym. It's a Hawaiian term that roughly translates to scout. Oh. Yeah. So, um, Oumuamua's apparent shape, which was like a hundred meter long cigar or pancake, did not closely resemble any known asteroid or comet. Wait, did you say a hundred... hundred... hundred what cigar? Meter. hundred meter cigar or pancake. Yes. Those two are very different. I mean... One... Is cylindrical. Yeah. The other one is a circle. <laughs> okay, but cigars are quite fat, and I think if you think about a pancake from this, like from like a weird, like aerial bird's eye view or something like I that. I guess if you look down on a cigar, yeah, then it would look like a pancake, but well, just like a really, really moldy pancake. I, I mean, I'm. Stu- I think that it's probably more the cigar and less the pancake. Okay, fair enough. But as uh, as we've seen before, astrophysicists love food-related yes, analogies. <laughs> uh, well, apparently this doesn't resemble any known asteroids or comets. Mm. Neither did its brightness, which revealed um, Oumuamua was at least a hundred times, no, ten times more reflective than one of our solar system's typical space rocks, shiny enough to suggest the gleam of burnished metal. Most strangely, as it zoomed off after swooping by the sun, 
The object sped up faster than could be explained by our star's waning gravitational grip alone. Run-of-the-mill comets can exhibit similar accelerations because of the rocket-like effect of evaporating gases jetting from the sunlight-warmed icy surfaces, oh. but there were no sign of these jets on Oumuamua. Interesting. Mm. Okay. To Loeb, the most plausible explanation was as obvious as it was sensational. Taken together with its possibly pancake-like shape and high reflectivity, Oumuamua's anomalous acceleration made perfect sense if the object was in fact a light sail, perhaps a derelict from some long-expired galactic culture. Primed by years spent pondering how we might someday find evidence of cosmic civilizations in the sky's depths, he became increasingly convinced that with Oumuamua, the evidence had instead found us. You know what would be funny? Yeah. You know how we have the whole like driving thing where we have to get out L's yeah. and then get out P's. Yeah, yeah. And we have to wait until we're 16 to get L's. Yeah, yeah. What if in an alien civilization yeah. they got their L's and it was just 16-year-old alien teenagers messing around with their dad's <laughs> flying saucer? <laughs> I mean, that's possible. We never know. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> Well, uh, then I would be surprised that we haven't had more strange encounters. That's true. Also, mm. I was just thinking about it. Yeah. it's uh, uh, We're not really seeing that many UFO sightings anymore, or we're not hearing about many UFO sightings anymore now that we have technology. Well, it's not making the news, I suppose. Well, the re- I think the reason is that it's a lot easier to make forgeries. Because we have programs such as like After Effects and all of those. Um, mm, uh, that's true. Yeah, all those like CGI programs that we can use to uh, to make things look really real. Mm, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's true. I get, or maybe just people are less high. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an example of what when we think an alien might have communicated with us. But what we know for a fact is there was one time that we tried to communicate with them. Um, this. Uh, this message that we sent is called the Arecibo message. Um, it was a radio signal sent in 1974 um, to the M13 Globula Costa. Uh, yes. It was meant as a demonstration of human technological achievement rather than an attempt to actually enter conversation with extraterrestrials. Oh, God. Wait, did you say it was they did it for, they did it just so they could show that they can? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, because it was actually a big deal because yeah. the um, Globular Costa is so far away that they had to actually build a special facility to be able to transmit all of this information. Yes, but also it's so human of us to, oh, do, yes, to do it for that reason. It's like, absolutely. Oh, we are doing this because we know we can. <laughs> we don't want to find out anything about them, but we're doing it because we can. <laughs> yes. Well, unfortunately, it's been noted recently that the low resolution of the image makes it pretty much infeasible for any extraterrestrial recipient to attach the intended meaning to most of the elements. Oh, rip. Yeah. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to show Brad the image and since this, um, oh. uh, we can't we can't show you the image because this is this is over the radio. Brad is going to do. I'm going to pretend gr- to be an alien mm. and describe what I see in these images. Yes, ah, that's got correct. It. Got it. Oh dear, where did the image go? Oh, you lost them. I lost the image. Hang oh on. My God. <laughs> uh, I have the image. This is the wrong image. One second. Quick, Brad, big small talk. <laughs> Okay, got the image. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the images... Oh, these images. I've seen these before. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Go right. from the top down. 
top at the top yes oh okay so from what i know about these images um a group of people got together and they're like oh no 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 no! hold on hold on no i'm remembering this wrong a group of people got together and they were trying to decrypt what these images were like a bunch of university students were like oh we want to figure out what these actually meant oh okay yeah okay top down you have what looks like tetris this is Tetris. Okay, so what I think has happened here <laughs> is that um, they've actually mixed up the files. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> took a screenshot of their current uh, Tetris board, mm -hmm. and they've sent that accidentally. Mm -hmm. But they haven't told anyone because they're too embarrassed. Uh -huh. So I think that's what's going on there. Uh -huh. um, when did Tetris... Wh when was this image uh, released? 1974. 1974. Uh, Tetris. Oh, no. If anyone listening uh, wants to see the image, just search um, our SIBO message. Um, Tetris was made in 1984. Uh-huh. Wait, did you say 74? Yes. Oh, damn it. Okay, my story doesn't <laughs> check out. All right. The original developer of Tetris yeah. <laughs> released, the de uh, re released a, a beta edition of Tetris uh -huh. to space aliens uh -huh. for them to play and see what they thought. Uh-huh. That is my <laughs> that is my description. <laughs> okay. I don't think that that's very helpful for our listeners. So I why see there's like a red human right at the bottom here. Yeah, yeah. It's like a red little pixel human without a head. Yes. Yes. Also, a big M right at the bottom. A big purple M. Uh-huh. I don't know what the M stands for. Uh-huh. But I think it stands for massive. Mm -hmm. I don't know what. Do you see anything else in the image? Um, yes, there's a lot of... Oh, okay, okay. So on top of this red human, mm -hmm. there's, 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 white, there's a big white line. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of surrounded by uh, a blue like circle, it looks like. Uh -huh. <sighs> Think about... So this message was intended to kind of describe human civilization, right? What the? So a lot of the things on here are things that are important um, in human history. What does the... Am I looking at it sideways? Uh, no, because it's, no if you're it's, not. If I'm not looking... If I'm looking at it sideways, then the M turns into a sigma. Have, no. I, have I broken science? Have, no. I, <laughs> have, I, have I cracked something? No. <laughs> nope. There's green... Am I, I might be looking at it upside down, actually. I because promise you you're right, not. right at the bottom here, uh -huh. there's... Uh, there's there's a yellow three by three square, mm -hmm. and then also a bunch of rays that look like it's coming out of it. Uh huh. So I think that might be the sun. Okay. And I think the green at the top of the image might be grass. Uh huh. And the person looks like they are beheaded, falling from the sky. Oh boy. <laughs> and the M might be the spaceship that they think that they are seeing, or or maybe one that they have cited before. Maybe the whole thing, maybe this thing is actually, is this you? Did you... Did is, I make this? No, as in, like, as in like, did you aliens do this? Oh. Maybe it's a question to them. Did you drop a person from the sky? <laughs> do you think that they might see that as a threat, though? No, it's just asking. It's like, is this you? <laughs> <laughs> now, should I explain how the actual image, what the image is actually supposed to depict? Was I close? In some ways. Okay. <laughs> sort of. Uh, one second. Okay. So this image is actually split into seven different parts, and I'll go from the top down. Seven different parts? Yeah. So at the top, we have ten collections of white. Oh, oh. oh sorry. <laughs> uh, 
Wait, we're good. Sorry. <laughs> of white pixels up to four, and they depict the numbers from one to ten. Hold on. Let me see. So up the top. I'm not seeing one to ten here. There's two. Yeah. There's another two. There's three. There's two. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. So here's the beginning of the, of the problem because uh, it gets worse. A cluster below it is a cluster of purple pixels meant to depict the atomic numbers of elements. What? Hydrogen, carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, and phosphorus, which all are what make DNA. All of, the, all of those are supposed to depict human DNA. Well, these are supposed to depict the atomic numbers of elements that are found in DNA. It looks like a face. If you turn it upside down, it looks like a face. Maybe... Maybe half the image is upside down uh -huh. and the other half of the image is right side up. So maybe if we take this face and we flip it upside down and we can attach it to the human, it'll be a full human. Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> maybe if we superimpose the two halves on top of each other, it will actually say something a bit deeper. Have you tried that? I have not tried that. Okay. You'll have to let me know if that ends up being correct. Yes, I'll let you. <laughs> Below that is 12 green collections of pixels depicting the formulas for chemical compounds that make up the nucleotides in DNA. If humans can't understand this, yeah. how are aliens going to understand this? Yeah, you see the problem now. This is a little bit stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I will say. So Brad described earlier that there was a line of white pixels going down the middle of the image. So there are 28 white pixels, which depicts the estimated number of DNA nucleotides in the human genome. And around that, the blue circle he was talking about uh, is actually a graphic of the double helix structure. That is not a graphic of the double helix structure, I can tell you. It's an attempt. It's an attempt in <laughs> pixels. Brad was right about the red human. That's it, a human. It um, depicts the physical height of an average man. Without the head? Uh, so... I see. <laughs> yes. Oh, I see. Right. Um, so you, we've got a red human in the middle, and then we've got um, some white and blue pixels, which are supposed to depict the physical height of uh, the average human male. And then <sighs> to the right of the red man, we've got what is supposed to depict the human population of Earth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine people on Earth. Or yep. seven billion divided by twenty-nine, twenty-nine times that number of people. <laughs> yeah, the aliens are gonna know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now below we have some yellow pixels and some. Brad pointed out a oh, uh, three by three um yellow a yellow cluster of pixels, and he was right. It was the sun. That's the sun? Yes. I was right. But the things that are coming out of it are actually um, depictions of the planets. The planets. Right. So we have closest to the sun, we've got Mercury, Venus, and then Earth is slightly raised and oh, sitting right underneath the red human because we're, we're from Earth. Ah, they're going to get that. Yeah. And then we've got Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, which are a little bit bigger. Um, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, because at the time Pluto was still a planet. Ah, it's sad. Yeah. Pluto was still a planet. Yeah. And then below that, the big purple M that Brad was talking about or is... Or a W if you look at it upside down. Oh. Or a sigma if or you look that. at it sideways. That's true. Or a straight line if you rearrange all of the pixels. But the, po 
<laughs> sure. Okay. Oh, so the, the point of this picture is so they can rearrange the pixels, uh, pixels to make their own picture. <laughs> what? It's like an intergalactic MS Paint. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, this depicts the Arecibo radio telescope and the dimension, so how big it is, and um, oh, of see. the transmitting at antenna disk. So it's showing that this is where it came from. Ah, I see the dome. Yeah. That is the dome. What about the stuff at the bottom? The stuff at the bottom is um, depicting how, how big the transmitter is. How big the what is? The the radio telescope and the transmitter. The transmitting oh, antenna Oh, right, 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 right. I see, I see. Okay. Yeah. Damn, if I was an alien, I would not, I would not get this. Nope, neither. Anyway, it looks like we're out of time, ah, unfortunately. Damn it. But thank you for tuning in. I hope it actually broadcasts this time. If only we were only radio gave us an hour. Well, I could have opted for an hour. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm Annika. And I am Brad. Uh, Thanks for listening. See you after the semester break. Oh, true. We have semester break. Yeah. Good luck with exams. Hope you don't die. (laughs) Good luck to me for my exams as well. Good luck to you, Annika, for your exams. Thank you, Brad. Good luck to you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.